This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked me not to read an ad, so I'm just going to thank them for their constant friendship and support. Enjoy the show. I do my hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Hello, welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is Ed Soderberg, and he talks to me about his love of rec league sports, specifically finding them as an adult. As he gets into it's something that he found himself being more involved in than he thought he would be simply because he was trying to find a way to continue to socialize with other adults outside of just a work environment once he wasn't in school anymore, which I think is a totally understandable conundrum for everyone who has been through that experience. We joke a lot about how doing rec sports kept him from the path that I took which was improv classes and teams and shows, etc. This is a really fun conversation. Ed and I actually just played a softball game together earlier this evening wherein he pitched the whole game, and I played second. We were short at least a player or two, so everybody had to play the whole game, which was not the case for the rest of the season, so it was a little grindy. We scored a lot early but couldn't really make too much happen after that, and I was turning some pretty decent plays. Ed was pitching great. It was uh, so, so, so much fun, and we all went out for beers and food after and continued the fun from there. So it's really been a nice couple of evenings getting to talk and unpack with Ed about what it is about rec sports that he loves so much, why he continues to spend so much of his time doing it, and then getting to do it with him and with our other friends. Man, what a great time. Ed also talks a little at the top of the episode about his upcoming game that's going to be kickstarted called Iron Rise. He's been working on with his roommate Chris Dravis and their very good friend Danny Bass, who is also a member of our softball team but was not there tonight. Thanks a lot, Danny. Just kidding, Danny's great. And I would love if you wanted to follow news on their game, find them at Gen Con if you're going to be there, kickstart it when that eventually happens. I would say the best way to do that is to follow them on either Facebook or Twitter at Iron Rise Games. I think it's going to be really cool, especially if you're uh, pretty into gaming in the first place. Not necessarily a casual gamer's game, but fun for people who like board games to begin with. Thank you so much for listening. As always, thank you to the Chicago Podcast Co-op for coordinating sponsorships. I think if you like this show, you would also like One Shot. It's basically like rec sports, but for nerds, because it's just about playing role-playing games, sitting around a table and improvising and such. So I think there's some similarities there, building group structure, figuring out when to... uh, Ask people not to do the things that they're doing in role-playing games in the same way that Ed had to figure out when to, you know, dictate certain things that would happen in rec sports. Eh, I I think it works. Maybe a stretch. But uh, that's one of the other many great shows in the Chicago Podcast Co-op. If you would like to see an improv show, you can come to the Annoyance Theater any Thursday night at 9.30 for the Fishbowl. 
it's like comedy sports, except not comedy sports. So you come to the fishbowl. If you're an improv student in some way, you can throw your student ID into our fishbowl and get the opportunity to improvise with some other annoyance, veterans, teachers, performers, etc. people that we like. And then my group, Sight Unseen, closes out the night each week. It's a good time. We got a lovely email from someone who did the fishbowl last week who said she'd been having a bad day and Sight Unseen totally pulled her out of it. And I just want to slap that quote on the poster because if that's not what I want to hear after performing for someone, I just don't know what it is. It'll help make your day better, hopefully. You know, if, if all goes well. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Ed for being a great sport. And enjoy this conversation. You sound good to me. Don't make me look stupid, okay? I promise I won't. It would be hard. <laughs> You're a very smart man. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what were you up to this evening before you joined me? Um, I was uh, working on board game stuff, yeah? actually. That's yeah, so great. What's your game called? Uh, Iron Rise. Iron uh, Rise. I'm making it with Danny Bass, who you know. And I don't know if you know my roommate, Chris Dravis, but he's the I, third partner. I know who he is, uh-huh. and I feel like we have to have, you know, maybe met at some point. But, yeah, he's been to Nerdlog stuff. Yeah, for sure. I think I think we have to have met at some point, but I do know. Uh, I don't know that I would have realized that it was the three of you guys working on it together. I knew sure, it was you sure. and Danny. Um, Me and Danny. He's uh, Chris is actually the biggest creative input. Really, um, and then it kind of synthesizes through me, and then Danny kind of fills in a lot of the cracks and logistics of it. So that's awesome. They work together, but I I love. I'm very interested in group dynamics like that because I think the Nerdalogs have a lot of that at play. There's definitely a couple of like idea men slash women mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. detail men slash women. Yeah. And like I I would say out of the two, I fall more into the latter. So sometimes it's hard to just f- strike the right balance of who's bringing something to the table and how is everyone else around to get out. I feel that. I, I'm, I'm like the numbers and I'm, I'm the asshole looking at all the details. I love and like it. All that kind of stuff. Chris is the biggest creative lead and then Danny's usually arbitrating between the two of us. That's awesome. It's been three years of like me fighting for one thing, Chris fighting for the other, and Danny's Danny. striking the balance and then we're super happy with how it ends up. So <laughs> That's awesome. That works very well. That's amazing. You guys are really rounding the bases on it too, right? Yeah, we... Uh, We've got our first true, fully made, I guess, homebrew beta done. Prototype. Uh, yeah. Prototype. Yeah, I glued my fingers together a lot, so I have to hold off for a few days before <laughs> I make the second one. But yeah, it's. That's really exciting. Yeah. Are you taking it to Gen Con? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. That's so cool. I'm so pumped to see uh, how that uh, gets launched and flushes out for you guys. I'm so nervous. I know it's been your baby for a long time. Yeah, three years. That's. That is awesome. I'm so pumped to play it. I know uh, Eric got to play a early prototype at yeah. some. I think when we were Here. doing the yeah fisticuffs like playtest stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Eric and Kevin played it a little bit. That was like version two. We're on version four now. So nice, awesome. Yeah, he uh, he like also likes to think about. Uh, possibilities for new games and play mm-hmm. games and stuff so he like thinks and talks about it more than he probably expresses to you guys that he does uh, <laughs> i hope he makes one because you know i think all the best games in the world have not yet been made because i think all the best ideas come from the kind of people who aren't going to be able to execute those ideas you need a marriage of people who are the creative type 
and like then the asshole is going to f- force it into a board game or card game kind of context and i really i've heard some amazing ideas out there and it's it's almost painful for me because i'm not going to i'm not going to like run with these ideas and sure. steal them and i'm like right. oh i really hope you make like, it like, God, but i, I know sometimes whoever i'm talking to like you're not going to make this yeah isn't that so it really is the difference man especially i think that's another thing the neurologs think and talk about a lot i mean we did a, a little like quote unquote panel at the denver comic con last year mm-hmm. that and our main focus was that you know we took the process of making fisticuffs from pretty much start to finish and just presented it to a a much fuller house than we thought mm-hmm. we would get and the main thing that we were able to kind of stress and speak to is you just have to do it people would ask us questions about you know how did you do this part or what was your biggest obstacle here and it's just you just have to fucking do it and part of the thing about being a group is just as much about accountability as it is you know the actual abilities that people have coming into one space yeah and from an outside point of view i think the process in people's minds is very sexy and it's sort of the uh, <laughs> board meeting with a guy bouncing a basketball and someone else right. you know with their suspenders on sitting on the corner of a table like yes well, how about we try this mechanic or whatever it's yes. like a movie trope kind of image yes. of what it is that that was the first 25 minutes of what we did uh, <laughs> yeah. three years ago when we came home early from a C2E2 when I was like, hey guys, I kind of want to make a game. That's awesome. Because I had a, a rough idea for a mechanic in my uh, head and I talked to Danny about it and um, I wanted to to toss the mechanic in kind of a story world that I knew uh, Chris had made and I was a big fan of. Cool. So I went with the intention of asking him, hey, can I license your copyright basically? Right. He's like, Oh yeah, no. Such my a my stuff would be great for this, sure. <laughs> well, you know, I want to be fair about it. I don't want to screw awesome, anyone. That's awesome, though. I mean, it's nice that you guys have that like built-in level of knowledge on it. And um, he's he says, yeah, yeah, but you know, fuck the licensing, forget all that. I, I'm just, I just I'll make it with you, you guys. That's yeah. So it awesome. became like a three-way partnership. That's very um, cool. And that sexy part happened for 25 minutes. It's like, okay, so I had this like general idea for this mechanic. And then with the two of them, we kind of fleshed out the core mechanic. And then Danny had a few things to add. And then Chris added this, uh, the secondary mechanic that's kind of married to the, the core mechanic. And, you know, it developed over time. But we, uh-huh. we sorted that out in the 25 minutes. And if the whole thing had been like that, <laughs> we would have kickstarted two months later. Right. But and everyone would make a game. The reality of game design is cutting a lot of cards, <laughs> gluing a lot of pieces. Yeah, you guys have a lot of moving parts. Crunching a lot of numbers, especially, you know, if, if you can get around something mathematically in theory rather than testing it out, great. But then there's also testing it out because it, some people play differently than others. For and sure. And early on I made the mistake of saying like, hey guys, let's get a full spread of different types of people to play the game. Yes. You know, you got like casual gamers and then right. like very... Uh, people into like really crunchy Logan Dean to, yeah <laughs> and then there's Logan who broke our game actually he he broke version 2 and that be- became version 3 good for wow. him wow thank you Logan i mean it's true you really have to put it in front especially if you want it to be able to be accessible by like one group of those people or another sure. so we one 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 of the growing pains was kind of finding how wide our our net would be or or how wide our niche would be. Mm-hmm. We're narrower than I, I thought we would be originally, but I think we cater to the the smaller niche that we're going for better for it. Cool. Because you can make a game that you think everyone's going to like and then no one's going to like it. Or you can cater to like the kind of gamers that me, Chris, and Danny are, and Logan is too, for example. So 
we actually for a lot of play testers we have kind of secret ratings for them that we don't funny. let them know that's really like this funny. person's a b level this person's a c level we have a few a level players out there that's really logan, funny. logan is one of them he's one of the a level players so we balance the game around okay well logan's an a level player he's playing with a c level player right now let's get him against two b level players because that's the best way to balance because so sure. much of it comes down to other people how, kind of being able to yeah. play to his ability yeah yeah exactly that's he's, awesome. he's a very he I don't know if if anyone making a game happens to be out there, get get yourself a Logan <laughs> or the likes, because he'll just come in. He'll be like, "All right, do you want me to play this for fun, or do you want me to break it?" Yeah, and I thought he was just joking around, and then he just broke it <laughs> he, right away. He broke it. <laughs> but with the one break, we we recast it, and right. then he's like, "Okay, yeah, no, this holds up. There, there's a few things I would be able to take advantage of here, but." You fixed it, and it, it worked out really well. Yeah, because you don't want to get a game to what you think is a final product and then have someone do that and have to be back to the drawing board or, you know, have have it all the way finished and have someone be like, well, I don't want to play this because I yeah. know how to defeat it immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome, and I'm glad we got some of that talking here. So we should slide into a little different kind of gaming. Sure. I'm going <laughs> to oh, talk. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. That's what the thing is, man. It's just, it's like I said, it's just what you want to talk about, and I introduced the idea that that was something you've been working on, so uh, it, I'm glad that was in here. My guest today is Ed Soderberg. Uh, Iron Rise coming soon to Kickstarter, yes, S- soonish. soonish. <laughs> we said that in 2014, but we're close now for real. But I you're promise. like actually for realsies close yes. now. Yes, uh, and we're gonna chat about his love of and participation in rec league sports. Yeah, yeah. Or, I think that's probably the best way to. That's, that's a good umbrella. It. Yeah. What would you say is the origin of your love and interest in rec league sports? Uh, so. It all started when I got out of school. I got out of law school, and I was working with a lot of other people who were just out of school, too. And we went through that little like life adjustment phase of, oh, I'm used to being in school all the time and doing all this stuff, and now I'm working all the time. I'm not seeing people as much. I'm not seeing them in the same way. Sure. What, a, what do adults even do? Yes. And people Take were talking. Take improv classes. Take, well, right, yeah, in Chicago. <laughs> it was that, and become one of you freaks. Yes. Or... Um, oh, that is so true. <laughs> was, <laughs> someone was talking a lot about softball or kickball, and they kept bringing it up, and they never did it. It was right. always just talk. And so um, for a long time, I guess I, I've been sort of the person in any group of people who if there's talk about something but no one's really doing it, I'm just going to do it. See, this is why you shouldn't have apologized for our Iron Rise conversation because it was the same message. You have – if you – can talk yeah. about a game all day, yeah. but if you don't sit down and have that, you know, sexy conversation mm-hmm. and plot it out, and then do all the unsexy bullshit yep. of playtesting and working out all the details, yeah. then you never do it. So yeah. you actually took it to the step of, all right, who's playing? Where are we registering? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I put together a softball team uh, seated with the people I worked with at the time. Twelve inch. Uh, Twelve inch. Yeah, and. Um, I made the team way too big. It was like 20. Because I, d- I didn't know softball or baseball so at all. Funny. I'd been to, I think, a few Atlanta Braves games when I was younger. Really? That was it. Yeah, well, because I lived in Virginia for a couple of years. Oh, okay. Um, maybe I'd been to a Sox game uh-huh. at some point. But I, I knew nothing was going on. So part what of What was your... Because you grew up in mostly... Uh, 
Well, I was born in Berwyn, Illinois. Uh, my sister was born just outside of Houston, Texas. Uh, we lived in Illinois again. Uh, my family moved back to the UK um, when I was five or six. Uh, we lived in a couple different places in the UK. I'd say if I was if I ever really grew up in one place, it was Belgium. I wow! Lived in, in Brussels for five years. Then I was in Virginia for a couple of years or a year and a half. Couple you're of years. like a teenager ish by was then. Junior high school. I, I hated it. Oh, really? I, I mean, coming back into the States, was that... But it's also... That well, would be the worst part to have to make such a big move like that. Yeah. Well, part of... I was coming from an international school where I guess I was blissfully unaware of a lot of the um, the nastiness that could be out there because everyone's, everyone's a foreigner in Belgium at large and in the school I, w- I, I attended. So everyone's coming from the same place and there's a lot of... Um, I guess there's just a lot of lubrication between people. There's there's no one's really running afoul of anyone else because everyone understands that we're all from different cultures it's and we're part of an international globalist. community here. And then I come to Virginia and I get my ass kicked for not speaking right the oh. first week or something. No. But so Wait, that was my first. Did you have a, an English accent at the time? Yeah, until I was about. Well, I, I had that until freshman year of high school here back in Illinois. Man. Um, and then I willfully got rid of that because it was, and a lot of people will give me grief for that, but it sounds nice, especially with women, but, <laughs> but, but you get the distinct feeling that you're like a monkey in a cage. Mm. It got to the point where someone brought me a list of words she wanted to hear me say. Right. And I said, okay. Straight out of love, actually. Midwest American. How hard is that? Not hard at all. Right. Yeah. Easiest you just accent lose it. in the world. I mean, that's. Everyone as- still asks me when they find out I'm from the South. They're like, why don't you have an accent? I'm like, well, first of all, you're not listening hard enough because I do sometimes. Oh, I, I hear it, yeah. <laughs> Second of all, because like you said, it's I think it's pretty easy to flatten out to a Midwestern Midwest. accent. Yeah, and then recently I think I've picked up some of the Chicago habits with the... Yeah, the way da- days and... Yeah, ugh. Dose. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. Uh, but that that was, I wanted to ask because to me, you know, growing up in South Carolina, softball was uh, not like it is in Chicago. It's not like as huge recreationally mm-hmm. as an adult, but as a kid, it was like the thing that women did. Like if you didn't do like gymnastics classes, you were on a softball team. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to point out that I think that's probably a pretty like the time that you were international was probably when you lost the like interest or uh, knowledge of baseball or softball because it's yeah. just not quite as at least in that part of the world and as international a sport. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd played uh, rounders a few times yeah. at cricket, but that was about as close as right. I got in there. Because baseball was like based on rounders, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you ask 20 people to be on this softball team. Yeah. And we did terribly. Um, <laughs> we were just absolutely awful. And I had no idea how big a team should be. I thought yeah, I was actually kind of like, running it like a hockey team. Like, oh, uh, shifts, like, oh, you're in this inning or whatever. But you, you know? don't really have to do that. No, not at all. Yet. Um, so we were terrible, uh, <laughs> but we had fun. We were the fighting pacifists. Yes. Um, such a good name. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we were sponsored by a, an Irish pub in Chicago. 
That's which I will leave so nameless. Funny. Okay. Because right. one time we were there, I found a bunch of IRA literature <gasps> sitting around. Whoa, <laughs> like, whoa, well, whoa, Yeah, I don't want to be. Don't want to be here. Um, <laughs> hey, it's and then big in Chicago. That makes really the IRA. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Man, even bigger than outside of Boston. That That's is where they get all their money. Fascinating. From the Shirish. I mean, Chicago really does have some of the biggest communities of Mm -hmm. like uh, there's the most polish people outside of poland Mm -hmm. uh man that's so funny it makes the uh team mascot even more (laughs) interesting (laughs) but we had fun and then you know the second season we i've never i i have kicked a couple people off teams but not for any reasons of performance just they were very nasty or something like that but no one got kicked off some people left we got whittled down to the right size and we did that um for another season and then um i was like okay this is a way to spend one night a week or if there's practice maybe two nights a week doing something with other adults who just don't really yet know how to um interact with other adults and haven't sold our souls to improv a comedy theater right yeah 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 um, and then all the, the rest of that tracks though, <laughs> like it's a, a night or two a week of an improv team. <laughs> and then the, uh, the winter happened we thought, Oh God, what are we going to do now? Sure. Um, and, uh, some people brought up, uh, dodgeball, which sounded kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, there's a Chicago accent. Dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dodgeball. Um, and, that was the year when the Blackhawks had started to get really good again. So a lot of people were into 2010. that. 2010? Yes. And uh, the beginning of 2010. And um, someone brought up, uh, my buddy Craig, who was actually kind of the guy teaching me how baseball and softball worked. That's funny. Because I was, I was technically the captain of the team, but I knew nothing. So I was just like, That's and so let's listen funny. to Craig. Yeah. Um, so he brought up that idea, and we ran with it, and we had a floor hockey team. Yeah. Doesn't require any skating knowledge, just requires little... I did not realize that the floor hockey w- went back that far, too. Stick and ball. Yeah, I mean, we were never very good. Um, and I, I was a little bit familiar with uh, playing that kind of hockey because... Um, when I was when I was younger and growing up, I never got into uh, foot uh, soccer. Um, be, I'm not built for it. I have tiny legs, a huge torso. I come, yeah. from a, I come from a rugby family too. Yeah, and that checks out. I didn't want to do. Yeah, you know that's just how I'm. I'm built like a gorilla, so I'm not. I'm not going to be kicking a ball around. I'm, t- I'm terrible with my legs. Right. Um. But uh, two of my best friends in Belgium were a Canadian and a Finn. So that's so they fun. are into hockey, so I'd yeah. hang out with them and play hockey, and they'd have like a little net set up. And you cited that as like some of your most formative years. Oh yeah, so yeah, and um, I felt at least competent with that. I was a I was a tennis player growing up, so it felt kind of the same hand eye kind of sure. thing, which I can manage. Um, there are no skates involved, so I don't have to do anything fancy with my feet. Sure. So like, okay, I'm comfortable with. With floor hockey, I think I could handle this this ball or whatever. So we did that for a, a few seasons. Um, brought in some some other friends who I knew might be interested in floor hockey. And, and I that's guess, just like a it's kind of like a street hockey ball, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. a little smaller than a baseball, probably. A little bigger than a baseball. Really? I think. Yeah, but that orange kind of thing that you mm-hmm. see in the streets. Yeah. Yeah, I I just I am familiar with the concept pretty much only because. 
you wearing a floor hockey shirt to a Nerdlock show is sure. what got Eric roped into playing ice yes. hockey with you guys in the first place, yes. which like, thank goodness that happened. Uh, but I, but I was pretty unaware of floor hockey as a sport in general before then, but he had played some back in Massachusetts, yeah, like yeah, in, in similar ways, you know, yeah. being a big fan of hockey in the first place and being a little intimidated by the skating part. And, and there's, a way lower barrier of entry. Oh yeah, anyone anyone can jump in, and I think most people around here played it in in high school gym class or something. Yeah, that I think that's the only thing that I mean. When I played floor, the only hockey I played in gym class was well, I didn't have gym class past like elementary school, uh, but we sat on little scooters and had really short hockey sticks. Uh-huh. It's really fun. It's very dumb, but you like you're basically just sitting on a board that has wheels on it and like scooting yourself around and you only you just use a really short stick. That's basically sled hockey, which is what the Paralympic team plays. Oh, cool. For, for I'm sure yeah. it's very similar, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> that that does look like a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh I mean, it's uh but I just wanted to make sure that um people would be familiar with that as a concept. Like you're just basically in a gym, but playing ice hockey. Right, right, right. And, um, it's somewhat akin to field hockey Mm -hmm. in that, you know, you're, you're sending a a ball around with a hockey stick, but it's more like ice hockey and you use like ice hockey sticks and the way you would play is more tactically similar to ice hockey. I would think the ball would move much more similarly to a puck as opposed to something on a field. Yes, yes, um, most mostly the same. Uh, hurts a lot less to get hit by the ball, yeah. obviously. Which Eric, I think, has a third knee now. Uh, it was after it last night's game. Was much better this morning, but Oof. he sent me <laughs> a picture right after the game, and I was like, God damn it! Yeah, he took he took off his uh, shin pad. And it's just like, oh, that's an extra knee. That's absolutely what it looked like when he first when I first looked at the picture. I think. I thought it was his knee mm-hmm. because he took it just above his knee. Yeah, it turns out if you take a puck to the shin, you'll get a baseball-sized welt in That's the middle r- of your leg. That was a rough game. That was a rough game. And so so I came by way of Eric through you. And fast forward a few years of uh, floor hockey, and I'm meeting a lot of people that I wouldn't otherwise really meet. But these were all people... These were all through friends. Yeah. It was just basically a continuation of the way I would meet people in school. That's but then so funny, ice hockey yeah. came along, which was a bit different. Um, so between, so did you really like maintain playing floor hockey and softball for a while until you started playing ice hockey? Yes, I actually gave softball a rest for a couple of years just because I was playing floor hockey year round because I typically. You had a bunch it. of leagues and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. and I was better at it personally. So sure. and that plays. Unfortunately, that plays a big part of it. Oh, of though. course, man. Especially if you're the one organizing it. Yeah. Like, for for through pretty much all of those, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're mm-hmm. you're kind of the the GM for a lot of those yes. teams. And that that is that's a true way of putting it. I am, I am technically registered as a captain, but I'm more like a GM because most of my work is just deciding who's going to be on the team, courting some of these people, putting putting it together and then letting it go. Usually someone else will kind of bubble up as a, a captain. And yeah. I'll, I'll tell them week two or three, hey, you're the captain, or Please at least you're going to help me out. Right. You know what you're talking about. Right. So we're 
we're doing that for a while. And then um, we meet a friend of mine, Allie Lawrence, um, through just like a scrimmage game for floor hockey and putting together. And she's, she's a, the woman who does puck and grind? Yes, she puts that together. Can't can't say enough nice things about puck and grind. Man, that was so fun last year. Mm. I can't wait to go again this year. It, it'll happen again. And it's it's a great cause. Um, it, it, it raises money. Um, for LGBT outreach in hockey specifically, um, it's a two-part. Uh, I think the organization is called Let Them Play. The, it's partnered with You Can Play. You Can Play. You Can Play, which is the big um, LGBT outreach group that works with the the NHL a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a two-parter. There's that uh, three-on-three hockey tournament, which is a ton of fun. And then she'll also put on... Um, that night or the next night, kind of a vaudeville style show at, at a bar somewhere. So there's the puck and there's the grind. <laughs> right. And that <laughs> that was when Eric was very fresh to the ice when he got thrown in there, right? That he, was like the second or third time he had ever played ice hockey, I believe. Like yeah, it was, like was fourth, very fourth time he'd laced his skates. <laughs> yeah. And there was an opening in puck and grind. And me and Allie are pretty tight. So I'm like, hey, you know, I, I got a guy. I got a guy. Yeah. <laughs> and look. It'll be hilarious. And it was, because I think him and Danny ran into each other. <laughs> full yes. Speed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was fun. He's, he's a lot better now, obviously. Uh, for sure. Um, so so we're, we make this this transition to ice hockey, and uh, because Allie also plays ice hockey, and she starts warming some people up to it. Uh, the first one to make the jump is Mike Whitlow, who I mm-hmm. think you've met. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad he was the first penguin in the water, because I don't think I would have done it. Really? Because it's it's terrifying. Like ice skating, I'm not good at it now even, and I certainly was nothing before. I can't, I couldn't even make it around the rink once because my feet would hurt, my ankles would hurt. You know, that's the terrible. shittiest part about skating to me, Oof. is that you your skates have to be so like glued to you before you your ankles aren't just fucking killing. Right, and the the nasty thing about it is the way you'd really wear a skate if you know how to skate well is not very, that tight. Really? Not at all. But but you know how to skate in it. And oh. you can like use your skate loose. You see a lot of professional players, they're barely laced up. Really? Their ankles are moving the whole way around. But their their ankles are so strong and they know how right. to do it. It's fine. They they know how to carry their weight and shift around right. and things like that. But you're renting skates to someone, a beginner is skating around. You want that lace as tight as possible because even though it's gonna hurt their foot and their ankle, it's gonna stop them from breaking their ankle. Yes. So it's sort of a kind of a it's a vicious. Trade off. A trade off that is unfortunate. You have to like sort of transition, tra- transition slowly. To I would looser. not have realized that that's something that you kind of once your legs are just you know full of rubber bands for mm-hmm. tendons and stuff, mm-hmm. you don't have to have such a cast on your ankles. But no. that's a, that's like one of the main things I took away from rollerblading and ice skating as a kid was like my ankles would just kill because mm-hmm. your weight's just so different. Same as skiing too. Like most people yes. don't ski all year, but if you go a couple of times, you remember you're in over tight boots yes. for safety. Right. But it's a nightmare. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Eric caught you guys on the last floor hockey the season. The last floor hockey season. And then we all start transitioning to ice hockey. And I'm like I said, I'm glad Mike was the first one to do it because it's a big investment. Yes. Um, financially, it ice hockey at the beginning is expensive because you have to get all the gear. Specifically, the one part you can't get secondhand, your skates. Skates. 
And so you really have to know if you want to do it. But how do you know if you want to do it unless you've if tried you it? And you can only it. try it with yeah. the gear. Yeah. So you have to have a notion that you're willing to do this. And like most of us are jumping in in our 30s. Right. Like I was 31 when I started playing ice hockey. I think Eric was it's too. the first That's time really I funny. skated and... It's very rough, and there were a lot of times early on where I was like, "Oh my god, I just blew all this money. This is going to be terrible." But it worked out, and um, pretty much everyone who wanted to keep playing floor hockey anyway transitioned with us in waves. Nice. So we're all we're not all necessarily together on the same team, but we're all still friends, and we're all still playing ice hockey. And you brought Eric into floor hockey because he's he's not really on social media, and I put right. a call out to, "Hey, does anyone want to play this?" You noticed I've been wearing one of the. Yeah. floor hockey t-shirts or whatever and you're like hey he saw your shirt and was like that guy's wearing a floor hockey shirt do you mm. know him and I was mm. like yes of course I do mm. like, <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah. and you're just like hey my boyfriend you know might be our fiance now fiance congratulations now. boyfriend at the time thank you very much that's um, very sweet and uh, I was like yeah yeah sure come on by and uh-huh. he was great uh, not only very skilled but he, like he's very good at get, getting along with everybody sure. too um, it sounded like he, he just really appreciated like getting out there and playing sports with some people. You know, he, he'd been sucked down the, uh, improv yeah, he, thing a little bit. I think he was still like, I think when we started dating, he was still kind of battling that, you know, mm-hmm. what do I do as an adult if I don't want to take improv classes? You know, right. he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he went through all the IO classes with Ryan Ben and he, <laughs> just didn't have it in him to be a performer. Like, it just, he's very funny. You know, anyone who knows him, I think, would know that. But he just doesn't want to be a performer. Mm -hmm. So there's not really a space for that socially, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, unless you join some kind of writer's group or something. But he's also incredibly athletic. Like, Mm -hmm. he's he grew up with two other brothers. Mm -hmm. So they just, like, played sports all the time. He could play. He's really athletic. He can play. He's very, very, like, he's scary good at a lot of sports. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, his his shot in hockey, too, is just, he's, he's a sniper for sure. He's got crazy hand-eye. He did a lot of inline skating, apparently, mm-hmm. as a kid, so I think that puts him a little cut above mm-hmm. in the skating department, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, it showed, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, I had a great time playing with him that, that season of floor hockey and then we're transitioning to ice hockey and it's just a matter of time at that point you know i've made this huge investment i can't really come back to to floor hockey right. i actually i would absolutely play a season of floor hockey if someone set it up probably but i myself i'm too busy trying to put together an ice hockey team from like maybe some people who have some veterancy mostly people who don't that I'm makes getting a lot that of all sense. to work it's similar to when you kind of transitioned more from softball into floor hockey, because mm-hmm. it was like the thing that you preferred doing, and uh, yeah, if you're the if you're driving the boat, then you get to decide mm-hmm. what the boat is, I guess. And <laughs> I didn't want to leave anyone behind because at the end of the day, again, it's 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 being an adult and finding something to do, and it comes down to being part of a team, be it part of an improv team, mm-hmm. a writers group team. When you're in school, you're kind of part of you're on a team there. Sure. Whatever your major is or you guys, you know, and in if, law school. And if um, if you're not on a team, then, you know, if, if I wasn't doing this, yeah, God knows what I'd be doing. I'd probably just be consuming stuff and whining on Twitter or something, you know? Eric is hands down a happier person because he gets to play hockey. Oh, it, yeah. Like, 
Absolutely. And we go through some of the most miserable moments together playing <laughs> yeah. hockey. But weirdly, Having, it what, makes five us... people for a three-on-three game? How many skaters did you yes, guys have last night? five. Um, my girlfriend Marnie came out and played, thank God. Uh, but even then... And even was... she, you know, she was like getting wind skated. knocked out yeah. of her and shit. Yeah, she hadn't skated in a long time. So it was rough on all of us. And then our goalie, Anna, who's a legendary She's goalie. She's so good. Um, She's so But good. I feel bad. She's getting pelted all night and is... You don't want that. You know, like yeah. me, Eric, and Finn are looking at each other all red faced. Like, I just, uh, I don't. Uh. It's hard. Oof. But um, yeah, but like we go through those miserable things and we're sitting there after the game. We got shellacked. We lost so, so horribly. 12 to 1. 12, 12 to 1, yes. <laughs> um, but I guess the podcast audience didn't need that. <laughs> yeah, but it was also, a really close three loss. Three on three uh, is uh, higher scoring in general yes, than yes. five on five is. It's a so tiny, tiny rink, so everything is within range of the goal pretty it, much. It does not translate directly to a full ice hockey yes. game. And it is one of the. We play three on three. I also have a full ice team, which Eric is typically a, a member of too. Um, and yeah, it's just all about kind of being on a team and it's it's a more organic way to interact with people. And I think the only thing that would be left to me without these team sports, and again, I'm not a sports person. You wouldn't look at me or think I'm, well, just maybe based on like wearing the hockey hat or right. whatever. But like I'm not There's an athletic There's a difference between guy. a like sports fan and a uh, an athlete. <laughs> right. I look like a hockey fan. I don't look like a hockey player. Uh, and I, I'm barely a hockey player, <laughs> to be fair. Hey, man, you play hockey, so in my mind... Yeah, hey, hey, I play. <laughs> That's all it takes. Uh, um, <laughs> and so it was, it was all about being part of a team, and Eric had played, and and in the same breath as Eric, I can mention Finn, too. Like, Finn was, uh, he'd come a couple seasons yeah, before Yeah, I was going to say, maybe hockey. a season or two. And, like, it was great, because I knew Finn in one context, and then I got to know him in a different context. And the different context is when we're suffering together. Sure. Which sounds horrible, but, like, we're out there, we're sweating, we're usually losing, we're trying to pull it together, we're, like, yelling at each other with each other, trying to figure it out. And it's, like, a very, like, group cathartic – it's a bonding experience for adults. Absolutely. And then it just – it felt so horrible to be going to ice hockey and be leaving some of these people behind. But I knew for, for Finn and for Eric – they were both one little nudge away from doing it. Mm -hmm. But it's so hard to, I think they both had like guilt around it. Like, oh, what am I going to like throw, throw at this? And then yeah. it's going to be a waste of time or whatever. And they didn't, they just needed that little nudge. And I had that nudge with um, Nora and Danny and Mike because we were kind of doing it together. They sure. didn't have that. They were the second wave. So sure. same with Finn and Eric. It was just like, okay, Finn, we're not going to get you wedding presents per usual. <laughs> we cleared this with his his uh, his wife to be. It's like sure. we're going to get you hockey, like ice hockey gear. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna you're not going to have an excuse not to play. And she conspired with us the whole way. And I, we showed up to his house under the auspices of, I think it was actually board game stuff. I really? think he'd said, "Oh yeah, look over some cards if you want." And I totally right. imposed on him. I would never do this. He was in the middle of entertaining some guests or whatever. Yeah, and all this gear in the trunk of a car i'm gonna stop hey finn i just really need you to look at some cards just i whatever bullshit excuse i made up and for one reason or another he acquiesced <laughs> yeah yeah well, he's a nice guy sure yes um and so then we drag in this this hockey gear and he just 
he kind of like freaks out a little. It was the same with Eric. He yeah. just like freaks out a little. Like, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> well, here's a couple of jersey. Here's some gear. Uh, you've been drafted effectively, <laughs> so you have to play with us for at least a couple seasons. Um, you know, here's your wedding gift. Or whatever. <laughs> same with Eric. It was yeah. You know, he's just one little nudge away from it. And at that point, we had a bunch of used gear. Yeah, we could put together. So it was just yeah. We he had a couple things. You had a couple things that you at least you know were able to start him out with. Mm -hmm. And I, like I said, could tell that him having that outlet was making him so happy. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you guys wanted to pull together and do that, and I know Finn swears up and down that his was just you know paying it forward mm -hmm. so he didn't have to feel too <laughs> guilty about having all of this done for him uh i know that's what he <laughs> had to say about it um for sure but right. i was really i just couldn't have been happier to help you guys pull that off that was a lot of fun too because it's also like a gotcha moment too yeah. when they're trying to process it his voice went up a, to a different <laughs> yes, octave yes he was so what, surprised what what what, what? yes because at first i think he just thought it was the jersey like uh -huh. hey man you're gonna be like a fan of the team that's gone out and played ice hockey or right whatever. or or like, oh i'm gonna play with you guys but i still have to get yeah, all the yeah, shit yeah, yeah, that yeah. that entails uh, no you're not gonna drag your feet on this here's the gear here's everything you're, you're drafted we went to play it again in gunzos yeah and all you gotta get is skates and he went either that night or the next day yeah. and got skates yeah Oh, yeah. And I wouldn't... I love playing with those guys. I'm so glad they're on the ice with us, too. And now I don't feel bad, A, about leaving anyone behind, mm -hmm. and B, like, I, I've, I'm very proud of us all Yeah, as 30-somethings, uh, having gone from floor hockey, which is, you know, it's it's excitable shuffleboard in some ways, <laughs> to, like, real ice hockey. And obviously we're going at, like, a tenth the speed of professionals, and we don't sure. always know what we're doing. We hardly ever know what we're doing, and we look... <laughs> People more, running full on into each other. And right. Such. We look more comical than anything, but <laughs> we're playing ice hockey. It's difficult and we're bonding over it. And Absolutely. I feel like I know Finn in a different way. And because Eric, I would just know as your boyfriend or your yeah. fiance now. And like, I liked him a lot that way. He's a very right. friendly guy. But now I feel like. I mean, it's going to be kind of cliche, but like, sort of like when you bleed with someone, then you like know them. Yeah. I've seen Eric look defeated i've seen him victorious i've seen him furious i've seen him pick a fight with a couple guys twice our size you know he he has a temper and the times that he has described to me that he's gotten into fights it's when he feels like people are being assholes like yes. it's when people are being aggressive with no reason and things like that so yeah i've never i've never pulled him out of a situation like that because i think i think actually my biggest duty as a captain on an ice hockey team is to pull in my hotheads yeah like hey you're taking a seat or whatever i've never sure. done it with eric because it's always been some people have been pushing us around who needed to get pushed back and usually he's actually standing up for someone else that doesn't so, surprise me you know it's I'll let him go with it. Most most of the time, he's just looking to have a good time and play hockey with yeah. some friends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love playing with those guys. I'm glad that they came. He just on gets board. really frustrated that it seems like you guys struggle so much with people who don't have any business being in a beginner league. Yeah, I and I think I don't know why 
they do it. But beginner leagues are set up, and for a season or two, they are kind of beginner lead leagues. And you have the problem, and this is true across all recreational sports, with an, an arms race. People like winning, obviously, and they'll maybe push the envelope on how to win. Someone will bring in a ringer or two. Oh, well, they're dominating lead. Someone will bring in three ringers, and it gets out of control. We've never done that, um, which means we usually lose any game we play. But our beginners get better a lot more quickly. Because they actually get ice time. Right, because we're actually playing. We're actually passing. We're not putting on the shoulders of someone else. So, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, captains out there, especially, who are very proud about their their win streaks. Their but record. They're not, they have nothing to do with it. They're just bringing in a couple of guys who played in college, and they're just winning the game for them. Well, good for you. But I'm more proud when we have some of our weakest players, myself included, really develop and start making plays and such. So that is frustrating. It is unfortunate. Um, I think probably the way we're going to deal with that is now we're a big enough family of extended Nordiques is the name of the team we typically play on. Right, which is a retired NHL team, right? Yes, yes, out of uh, Quebec City. Um, and I love uh, all of you guys. Stuff. <laughs> you, you, I love that you take the kind of additional step of, you know, even with the, I've seen you wear the fighting pacifist t-shirt, yeah, yeah. like the Nordiques jerseys, like all that stuff is so It great. feels good to put on a uniform. It has, I don't want to sound like a Nazi, but. No, but, <laughs> no, but that's, you know. That's the Mighty Ducks, the mm-hmm. Big Green. Like, there's always that scene where mm-hmm. the like lovable losers get real jerseys, and you. I literally have chills just thinking about that moment for a team. It, it really was. It makes you feel so much more legit. Yeah, it was kind of like that. I mean, short of rollerblading around Minneapolis causing property damage, <laughs> that kind of is how it is putting together a team for a new season. Now, a bunch of people excited. Like, Here's the jersey. Let's go. Yep. Yep. I love that. It's pretty much exactly like that. I love that. And it really sucks that there are people who lose sight of that being the reason to be there, you know, to just really have a really good time and form camaraderie with some people that, like you said, you may not know in a different way Mm -hmm. and instead just want to, you know, dig in a little too hard and get three ringers out of your five starters and just like run up a score. And it's just, it's frustrating that people think that's the point. (laughs) It's not, but I, I've gone from anger to I pity them because I think (laughs) of it, it's the same, you know, I, I grew up playing tennis and Right now, if I went to an adult beginner's camp for tennis players, I'd mop the floor with them. I, I just it, Anything you played as a kid up to a certain skill sure. level, you can take, and a lot of these guys have the excuse, oh, I haven't played in a decade. Yeah, but you like played in the major juniors or something. You know. Yeah. I would go and mop the floor with these people for something I, I was proficient as a kid. It's the same thing for them, but I would never go do that unless I was in a really bad place. Like <laughs> what? how little do you have to have going on in your life? The you got to get your kicks by just beating up kids in a playground, basically, effectively. Right, right? yeah. I, I think that's a good place to come to it, you know, with empathy. There's, uh, there's some people in the improv community that I try to think about in that way as mm-hmm. well, that a lot of people, you know, 
want to kick when they're down with good reason in a lot of cases, Mm -hmm. especially if they're being shitty to other people, you know, and and being manipulative and things like that. But man, there's some people who, who get to that point who I just look at and I say, man, that is a really sad person, you know, Uh, and that's what's driving this. Pity, which is the word. If I was in their shoes, pity is the last thing I want anyone. I'd love if people hate me. Fine, <laughs> whatever, hate me. Um, but pity, that's uh, and that's what I have for them is just pity. That's that uh, that's nice. That hopefully, it, especially with someone like yourself who's doing a lot of the organizing and the the captaining and GMing, all that stuff trickles down. You know, mm-hmm. if you come into the space with that opinion. And, oh yeah. And oh, Eric's goals. had my back really hard because Eric came in with that understanding expectation, and he's he'll be the biggest vocal proponent of it, like admonishing other teams about yeah. their ringers. Um, and Finn too. Like they all, we all have yeah, each other's backs. He's told me that he's led chance of beginner league mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, he's <laughs> on many uh, separate occasions. He other teams really hate him. I'm I'm so glad he's on my team. That, there are a few teams out there that hate his guts. But the I problem love him is very much from what he describes, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily surprise me. Because like I said, he does get a temper and if it's about something that he's that passionate about, I'm sure he never hides it. The problem is when he goes out in the ice and picks a fight and then I'm on the next shift and, and they think, think I'm him. <laughs> because listeners, I look a lot like Eric and Eric looks a lot like me. I should post that one picture where you guys are both both in undershirts and athletic shorts uh-huh. and like flip-flops passing each other gear. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's the most startling image that I've seen of the two of you. And so it happens all the time on the ice. I hear other our own does. teammates have trouble with it and the the refs and the other players especially. So we uh, So you're not entirely different sizes either, you know? No. It's, it's easy to there's a guy with beard and glasses underneath yeah. the helmet yeah. and in a lineup it would be pretty hard to pick you yeah. apart yeah. yeah sorry if you get some uh extra <laughs> checks like, what are you mad at me for but oh yeah <laughs> no he's got 65 on the back of his sweater i'm number four. Oh, that's so funny i'm gonna give him shit for that <laughs> yeah, it happened in softball too um there was I think I missed a game yeah, where it got you pretty there, heated. Yeah. But um he was pitching, I relieved him and then he relieved me, and the other team got confused and I heard someone exclaim out, Oh, that's a different guy. Oh my god. Like halfway god. through the inning. It happens that's a lot. We just have to figure out how to so use it to our funny. advantage. Right? You know? Come confused on. the refs get out of a penalty or something. Yes. Uh you know make it if you have a full roster, you guys just swap out in one mm-hmm. spot. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta start using it to your advantage. And some in some kind of like Mighty Ducks sort of uh, trickery, Disney uh-huh. trickery kind of way. Exactly. Yeah, I, I I love playing with that guy. Um, but it's also like the people that I would never normally associate with. Who the only thing we have initially in common is that we're doing ice hockey. And it is because it is such a big initial investment of time and money. And the time is, is always rough. You know, we're playing at like 11 o'clock yes. down at 119th yeah. Street because ice is so precious here. Right. Um, and so when when you have to give up so much to do it, I think that's an extra layer of, of bonding there. Sure. Um, but there's, there's... It's not a passive thing. Right. You know, I've met all sorts of different people who are just kind of outside my natural peerage. And right after law school, I just know a bunch of lawyers, which uh, which is horrible because <laughs> law- lawyers are horrible. I cannot fathom the 
social dynamics of a group of people like that. Because I, I think I've told you before, I teach professional training classes to lawyers sometimes. I and did even not that, know that. Yeah. It's, oh, I'm well, so sorry. It's all right. We can talk about it at length at, at another time. But, you know, getting 20 defense attorneys mm-hmm. in a room for four days mm-hmm. of like nine to six classes, mm-hmm. it's... It's different, man. Most of the time we teach classes to scientists. So whenever we have a class full of lawyers, it's just a totally different dynamic. Mm-hmm. Woof. Yeah. I couldn't do it. <laughs> and I'm so glad that hockey broke me out of my peerage because, yes, there are a few lawyers I play with. And, yes, there are a few doctors I play with. And then there's, like, you know, one of the guy, best guys I play with runs a, a plant nursery. And then there's, like, a metal worker on her team. And, like, all these – this spectrum that just doesn't naturally exist for me – and then we're bound by hockey, and and that's almost like a thicker bond than anything you know out of school or whatever that I got before. And um, you know, like Eric and Finn might sort of naturally be kind of adjacent in your social circle, yeah. sure, but not as strongly as if, if we had like been you said, hockey. You, you would you would know Eric more just through me, yeah. than anything else, yeah. And and then we're all meeting all these new people that are just not. They're not the people we would normally be meeting, and um, it, it it feels really good, and it um, I don't think I was ever uncomfortable with it, but it was different, and it almost kind of took me back to, almost to kind of bring it back around, to sure. like being in Belgium, and so like a lot of people were all from somewhere else. No one on my team grew up playing hockey. We all came from it because... I got really interested in watching it as a sport because it is the best sport to watch. It's a really fun sport to watch. Um, or there's a some or like the the Blackhawks are doing very well and we're in Chicago, so like right. that's interesting. Uh, a lot of people come to it. This is actually a reason I like it too. Is it's the most it's like the most challenging thing I could think about doing. Are you kidding me? Like skating in on terms razor of blades sports, and oh, it makes no sense that anyone can do the things that they do. Like watching hockey highlights is mind blowing. You know, seeing the kind of things that those people pull off what like you said while they're moving yeah on blades and i don't really pull much off i can go kind of in a straight line or whatever but it's so difficult that it's so rewarding to do anything right sure me and eric last night we had a couple plays together where we like passed it back and forth and something almost came of it and that felt so cool to have been working so hard on this and we built some chemistry and it's working whatever but Uh uh-huh yeah i think having that unified purpose bonding a lot of people is one of the strongest ways I've found to bond with people. I think it says a lot because I'm just not a sports guy naturally. Mm-hmm. But it is through sport or some other kind of mutual goal that forms a team that I think that is the path to new friendships and healthy friendships in adulthood. Do you find yourself doing a decent amount of socializing outside of just playing? I wish we did more. Yeah. The problem there is the timing for hockey. Right, yes. And that's sort of what brought me back to playing softball. I hadn't played softball in three years, and sure. I wanted to do it. The first initial reason is hockey is great, and it's year-round. Uh, well, it's not really year-round, but I'm playing in the summer, too, even when the ice is kind of soft. But right. I'm never outside. Right. And last summer, my first would be my first summer playing hockey, I really felt like I missed out on being outside because any of my free time I was playing hockey or recovering from playing hockey. Sure. Because as you probably know, like it takes some recovery. Yeah, I mean, Oof. the <laughs> yeah, I was like 
getting up and getting water and stuff like that while Erica was watching Game of Thrones with his fucking leg propped up yep. trying to get rid of a giant well. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, Usually, he y'all end up having a lot of games on Thursdays, mm-hmm. and I have a show on Thursday nights, so the timing actually works out decently for us because we'll end up being out of the house around the same amount of time and like at a kind of late hour. So either I'll get back and he's already in the bath mm-hmm. or uh, I'll beat him home and he will get into the bath as uh-huh. I'm getting ready yeah. for bed. That's that's pretty much his MO. Is he's a bath guy to begin with, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that after playing hockey, it's even more welcome. Oh, yeah. I've taken a few after hockey now. It, it helps. <laughs> but yeah, the, the timing is unfortunate because Thursday night, like, no one can stay out sure. after that. We got jobs to go to, whatever. Weekends, Fridays are a little bit different. We got a, sure. a big ice game on Friday coming up, though. We, we might hang out down there on the south side for a little while after. Nice. Softball I like because typically it's been kind of rough this season, but you can hang out as well. Um, yeah, I kind of double slash triple booked myself in January or in July. Mm-hmm. Missed a couple games and uh, haven't been able to hang much. But I want to tomorrow if if we decide to. For sure, and, and I think one of the things too is like even just playing the game in as of itself is sort of socializing. Mm-hmm. I just try to be cognizant to like set stuff up like at the end of the season or a mid season. Sure, let's hang out and go to this bar. Let's hang out and play with this. Um, hockey sauce kit which is like yeah. bags but with, with hockey sticks Eric wants one so bad but they They're are fun. not cheap well I, I've had mine for a year and a half and I still haven't used it yet buddy so, no gotta make that happen uh, there was something else I was going to ask or mention I remember listening to an interview recently with Genji Cohen the woman who is the showrunner for first weeds Mm -hmm. and then orange is the new black Mm -hmm. and most recently glow and one of the things that she said that really fascinated me was that she loves making shows about people who wouldn't normally find themselves in the same space so Mm -hmm. like with weeds it was like this suburban housewife having to commune with drug lords and with Orange is the New Black, that's pretty self-explanatory. You mm-hmm. know, a similar mm-hmm. situation with uh, Piper finding herself with a bunch of uh, lower-class people once she was in jail for white-collar crimes and things. And then similar situation with Glow. You know, it's kind of a bunch of misfits. Some of them are wannabe actresses. Some of them think that they're wolves. And to me, listening to you talk about this and your interest in it, it doesn't seem far off. It, no, it, it seems like there's a lot of different walks of life coming to that same table. We, yeah, there's a lot of different types of people represented. Um, specifically in hockey, one thing that was surprising to me, and maybe this speaks to an unfortunate personal bias I have, is how strongly represented the LGBT community is in ice hockey specifically. Um and it's not just from puck and grind, which would naturally bring out uh, sure. players who would identify as such or as an ally, but just the number, like per, the number of total number of people I've played with or against, compared to the number of people I've played with or against who would identify as LGBTQ, etc. Um, it's it's amazing, huh. and I dug into it a little bit. One of the reasons is the probably the best team to play for in Chicago at the amateur level is. Uh, Chicago Redliners, 
they have teams across all different skill levels and and different ice rinks, and they they are the uh, they're the Chicago Gay team. They're done through Chicago Gay Hockey Association. Cool. Um, they're they're not all um, necessarily uh, identifying I- identifying as that way. Um, th- they welcome anyone. I, I, I presumably not if you hate gay people right but presumably sure. not those yeah. people like yeah. any any ally i say is welcome uh-huh. to join as well but they try to at least maintain you yeah. know so that most most of the players uh-huh. um there's are clear a, or otherwise i've had friends who've done the uh lakeside pride which is like mm-hmm. wind ensembles marching bands mm-hmm. things like that all of these like music ensembles is very similar a vast majority of the members identify as lgbtq mm-hmm. but there are some they welcome anyone so there are some uh Allies. And they are the best players compared to how much experience they have. Really? So obviously, obviously the best players you can get out there are people who played in like college sure. or whatever. You know, they played for University of Minnesota Duluth. Of course, they're going to be amazing. <laughs> but of the people sure. who start as adults, it is the people who go through the Chicago Gay Hockey Association system oh, that end up being the best players cool. per time they've done it. I think the reason being is... And I, I, I imagine they're a very wonderful community and team to play for is they're so well organized and like putting the people in the right teams they need to be with. They have a good development system. They're all very encouraging. They've, they've administered it so well. It's almost like the Chicago Redliners are also almost like a military unit and they're just run so perfectly as to bring out the best in training and to, uh, um, like just really bring out the best in players and like to teach them the teamwork, the strategy, That's everything. That's really fantastic. So anytime I see someone in one of those jer- who has maybe one of those jerseys, they're playing on another team. I know to expect that they're going to be very, very good. That's so, so funny. That is a community that um, I'm not. I'm not necessarily the nat- naturally adjacent to or anything. You know, I, I have a few gay friends, but not as many as I, I might have other. You know, if I was more adjacent to that community. Sure. Through hockey. Um, that community is very well represented and plays very well and is very well respected. That's awesome. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd kill to be able to play a season on a Redliners team. They're, That's awesome. They're fantastic. Um, they're really, they're really, they, of course, they have an amazing like social media presence too. And sure. they like record stuff and they do all these great events. And, That's um, really They cool. organize the march in, in Pride and everything like that. Um, so that I was I have to imagine surprising. there's, and you kind of mentioned this, sorry to cut you off a little. You kind of hinted at this. Uh, I would imagine that that tracks also from the level of acceptance of new players and encouragement of one another mm-hmm. and all being in it together and trying to progress yourself more as a team and across the board as opposed to, you know, dog eat dog, mm-hmm. win or go home. You know, it seems like... The LGBT community, I mean, we call ourselves allies for a reason, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) there's, I think all of that goes more hand in hand than we maybe would realize on paper. And I think that's what surprised me. And for gay hockey players, they they don't need allies because they are the, they are the best players out there. And I guess there's a very interesting irony about how bro-y we are playing hockey. Sure. Bump and fist. Come on, bro. Let's go. Whatever, whatever. Sure. All the hockey teams I'm talking about, they're co-ed teams. Uh They're men and women. Um, Well, we were just talking about 3v3, right? I'm technically the captain of that team. Really, me and Finn are co-captains. The best player on that team and the person everyone listens to, she's a gay woman. 
and she just blows everyone out of the water. And she doesn't necessarily have a whole lot more experience. I think she just came up through um, that redliners. I, you know what? I'm not even entirely sure if she did. She can't come through the redliners. I'm sure she's played with them or adjacent to them, but she's just an amazing player. But it, it's, it was something that took took me a while to reconcile. It's like, how can something so broy be so open? Right. You know. Sure. Which is great, and I think part of that is living in a big city. Yes. Where, of course, and like it's a little more accepted. I am obviously. In I was obviously biased to come in thinking like, oh, you know, a lot of gay people are playing hockey. That surprised me. Well, why does it surprise me? Right. Why are they not going to be excellent at hockey? Right. They're fucking phenomenal at hockey, and I should have sure. known this too. I, I accidentally joined a. Um, gay softball league one season i didn't realize till halfway through the season actually that That's i joined one so like, this is the most competitive softball i've ever played and i am terrified halfway through the season i realized i was on a um part of the gay softball association that is league. so funny well we there was some there was some women that we'd scrimmage with that we met in a park um uh-huh. for the fighting pacifist several years ago and I kind of kept in touch with some of them because they were good to practice with, and they yeah. were very—they knew a lot more about softball than I did. So, they were like teaching me stuff or whatever. And they had an opening on um, one of their teams, so I got a—I got a call up from her name, Cynthia. Uh, she's like, "Hey, do you want to play on this softball team? It's going to be a little bit uh, more difficult than what you're used to, but like we can help train you up to do whatever." And so I ended up pitching for them. That's actually where I have the fear of pitching. That's why I really? make Eric pitch a lot is because I'm still terrified of some of the hits that came out of that. Because it was And halfway through league. the season, um, someone's like, oh, yeah, Ed, when are you going to bring your, your boyfriend to come, like, check out the game or whatever? I'm like, oh. Um, and I, I had a, a girlfriend at the time. I was like, oh, uh, I have a girlfriend, actually. I don't know. Like, maybe if you, you got the wrong under sure. wrong idea there or something. I got this funny look, and then this lady Cynthia starts laughing. I'm like, "Was that? Did I did I like miscommunicate something?" She's like, "No, no, this is a this is a gay league. I mean, you're welcome here. Again, you know, right. uh, there were plenty of. It's not like players. you couldn't have been in it, right? Yeah. Um, but and, and I just had no idea because, and again, I guess I should be ashamed to say this is probably because of my my bias or like my stereotypes about the gay community. There was nothing, you know, quote unquote gay about the way we were playing. <laughs> it was the most hardcore softball I'd ever played. Um, but it was one of those yeah. things where it's like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, oh, I so guess. So many other things make a little more sense. Yeah, like though. I knew I had some gay teammates and I thought like, yeah, I guess there are like just a lot kind yeah. of coincidentally. That's really and then it all funny. kind of sank in. And I was like, okay. And I played another season with them um after that and then i got hurt so i was done for again that's very hardcore yeah i was gonna ask so you struggle with a lot of back pain stuff yeah how do you reconcile that with all the sports it's hard to do i haven't actually been injured too too bad playing hockey i've just re-agitated old injuries uh softball's rough softball's where i've got most of my recent injuries just because it's so uh stop and go and my muscles aren't warm yes and going i'm not a runner and going into a sprint for a base, like I've blown out both my calves. Um, that was the big thing that almost made me stop playing hockey because I did have a, a herniated disc in my back and I have a still broken neck. Um, what? I have a, a little bit of uh, bone floating up. There's of, a little brokenness. Yeah, I, no, I broke my what neck in college. Hell? I didn't realize I'd broken my neck in college. Oh Ten years God. later, I go to a chiropractor and she's like, you know you have a broken neck, right? Like, how do I have a broken neck? See, I can move it just fine. It's like, well, it just perfectly kind of popped off the back. and So there's a lot Jesus. I deal with, but hockey kind of forces me to deal with it. 
and like build the core strength and all all that other stuff I need. Yeah, it's probably um, much better than if you're just sitting on your yeah. ass and letting it get weak. Yeah, yeah. And part of it too is a little bit of kind of indignant pride too. I just like, well, play no, screw it. that. I'm not going to I mean, I won't play through it too much. I'll look at the bench and I'll come off and Sure. Eric will go in and it'll look and like everyone will think that time. you're still there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was actually kind of so I grew up playing pretty much only soccer. I play a little bit of basketball uh, and a, a very small amount of baseball and softball. And the biggest thing when I started playing rec softball this year, because I started playing in a different league before mm-hmm. I started playing with you guys. You played 16 inch in another league, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in my first and second game, I pulled my quad. Like, Mm -hmm. in the second game, both of them. Mm. Just because I was not used to Mm -hmm. that, like, fast twitch. Like, I was not a sprinter. You don't do that shit in soccer. Mm -hmm. Like, and I bike everywhere. Mm -hmm. All the sports I've ever, what, I mean, with the small, minor exception of basketball, I guess, like, there's a decent amount of sprinting, but you sprint, and then you sprint, and then you sprint. There's just nothing equivalent to hitting a ball and then taking off immediately to try to get to a base, and you're in sand. And you're cold. It, Those muscles are cold. Yes, and yes. And that's another weird adult thing, at too. All, yeah. Yes. So I have had to be so much more aware of how much I'm stretching before doing stuff like that mm-hmm. than I ever am otherwise. Like, I don't fucking stretch before I bike. Like, mm-hmm. I bike 10 miles every day, at least, if I'm going to work. And it just doesn't even cross my mind. Yeah. But man, I got so wrecked so quickly. And Adam Shrek, who's been playing with us in the twelve inch league, said the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's he said he pulls that like And he's in great shape too. It doesn't matter how good of shape you're in. It if really, it's a kind of movement you're not used to. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, in the kind of shape where you do wind sprints on occasion, you know. Oh, even, you know, uh, Sam on our team, Mm -hmm. a tall guy, like he played ball in college and he plays on a baseball team at a fairly competitive level that kind of travels around now. And even him, like he's got to be careful about stretching stuff or he's going to blow out his shoulder or, you know, he wears compression stuff all over him. Yeah. And he's in great shape. I thought about getting like compression shorts or something because I just, I kept doing it. I kept fucking doing it. And Every in one of the games that I played with you guys, I tweaked it again and I was pissed. But Oof. since then, I've tried to stretch it out well enough. If I do put get some like good quad stretch stretches in, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But if I don't, it's without fail. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like you say, I think it's mostly age. <laughs> That's a bit of it. But then I think, you know, some of the best hockey players I play with, who again started about the same time as I did two years ago. I mean, the best all-around player on my team, is he's a 47-year-old. He started when he was 46. He's close to 50 now. That's awesome. But he's just, you know, he does it the right way. He's probably careful about the way he stretches and stuff. Is there anything else that you would feel remiss to not talk about in this conversation? Mm, Go Nordiques. Go Nordiques. Go Nords. Uh no, not at all. I think that cov- that went all sorts of places I wasn't expecting. It was very Me organic. It was nice. enjoyed this a lot. Are there any other sports that you feel like you might get to that you haven't yet? I know ice hockey was kind of the crown jewel. I think, oh, yeah, you can't really. Oh, you've, we talked about curling. 
aren't there like curling leagues? There is uh, Kaiser Tiger on, is it Randolph? Mm-hmm. Maybe. They have a bulls or a uh, what, bocce ball set up out back and they turn that into curling in the winter gotta, or some form. We got to do some kind of that outing for that. We have That would to. be a great. Even if we don't do a league. That would be a great hockey, hockey outing. outing. Go you curling. You should do Kaiser it. Tiger. My buddy Brian Hooley works there. So I'm sure. Would that could, be Hooley of. Uh, and the Joe. Mm-hmm, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. He's a a full time Kaiser Tiger boy, and I think slings pretty good money from it just because mm-hmm. it's like the nature of the place. And he's a great bartender. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a he's a cicerone, uh, uh, which is the uh, beer equivalent of a um, sommelier. Oh, okay. So he's okay. had to like do those. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. knows shit about beer. He when he came on this show, he talked sure. about beer. So combine that with just a totally outgoing, you know, comedy sports personality. And that's a great bartender, especially for a spot like that. So uh, I think he really enjoys working there. And I've wanted to hit up his spot for a long time. So. Go there for, soft, for the softball team, We should do the bocce too. for the softball. Yeah, why not? Into it. My last question. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like your love of rec league sports and all of your experiences pulling these teams together and everything have influenced you both creatively and your life in general? My life in general, I would say, um, I've learned a lot about how when to, when to be political about things and when not to. And I don't mean political in like the, the <laughs> governmental sense. Sure. I mean when to, to sniff out the bullshit and stop it. Um, and that just comes from managing a roster of people who are not always on the same page and who sometimes will kind of not agree with each other or have different ideas about how to go forward or more often not get along with the other team sure. and balancing the like protecting my team versus making sure nothing breaks out there. Sure. I think it's helped with my um, people management. I was a project manager for several years. Um, and when I started ice hockey, I was a project manager and that, that helped me a lot um, with my soft skills uh, creatively, I think, I guess going back to the board game thing, I frame um, Danny and Chris, we're equal partners in this board game venture. I view them maybe more through the context as, as if they're sports teammates, even though we're not playing a sport together. Sure. The kind of common goal thing and like... Yeah how to relate to each other, manage each other's expectations. It sounds like you got a, a starting pitcher and a middle relief. Yeah, and a yeah, closer. yeah, exactly. Because exactly. <laughs> I think in baseball. <laughs> um, so I think, I think if I was to put one blanket thing on it, it's helped me be very, um, you know, I can say I'm, I'm more comfortable being an asshole now than I used to be because I recognize, and this is such a douchey bro thing to say, and I, I don't have like a pop collar now or anything, I promise. But like, <laughs> I understand like when there's value in being an asshole. And sure. I don't mean deliberately malicious. I mean right. pulling the trigger to please nine out of 10 people when the 10th person is going to be upset rather than not pulling the trigger. And everyone's kind of. And everyone being upset. It's sort of an idea right. of the greater good and having an idea, committing to it, knowing when to pull off, knowing when to listen to people, knowing when to just kind of force something through. Um, I think that's mostly that's helped me professionally. That's when I bring it to bear in my professional life. Um, cause I deal with a lot of very angry lawyers. <laughs> sure. Um, but also just, just personally too, just, um, 
organizationally has taught me a lot. That's fantastic. This has been a really lovely conversation. Thanks for having me so much. This thank has been great. you so much for doing it. And thank you for organizing the softball league that we've been doing. Yeah, I'm let's really... go Spicy Tigers. Spicy Tigers, baby. That was just, I I was going to bring it to a vote and I'm like, oh, I got to enter a team name right now. So it was just like the first two things I saw. <laughs> I'm like really. A bottle of sriracha <laughs> and like a tiger image or something. I'm glad that you just went for it. I think it's, it's like you said, sometimes it just takes that person who's going to pull the trigger and uh, make the choice instead of having uh, 15 people waffle on. Yeah, you can't always facilitate a democracy. Yep. Thank you so much, man. I love you, and I mean that. I love you, too. Thank you. This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today and go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.